Welcome to the ProRata Podcast, a podcast that takes 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech, business, and politics. Filling in for Dan Primack, I'm Kim Hart. On today's show, the Justice Department indicts two Chinese agents for hacking U.S. organizations and what the new Congress looks like come January. But first, the end-of-year disasters for Facebook just keep piling up. The latest shoe to drop is a lawsuit filed this week by the Attorney General of the District of Columbia. The suit alleges that Facebook knowingly misled consumers about how their data was being used by other companies. That includes Cambridge Analytica, the political consulting firm that improperly accessed user data, which kicks off what has felt like a never-ending PR nightmare for Facebook. But the suit also alleges this happened as part of broader data-sharing arrangements with outside partners, including device makers. The AG's office is seeking monetary damages as well as new privacy protections from Facebook. The lawsuit follows other bad news for Facebook just this year, which is, ironically, the year Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg vowed to fix all of its problems. Those problems include security breaches and privacy lapses, foreign-sponsored misinformation campaigns trying to influence the 2016 elections, and growing concerns that the service was designed to be addictive. In 15 seconds, we'll go deeper on what all this means for Facebook going into next year with Axios Tech reporter David McCabe. But first, this. Every day, about 20 million questions are answered on SurveyMonkey. And those answers help people around the world be better at their jobs, whether they want to improve their customer experience, recruit and retain a stellar workforce, or learn which ideas, products, or campaigns will be a winner. Find out why 98% of the Fortune 500 trust SurveyMonkey, Visit surveymonkey.com slash prorata today. Joining us in the studio is David McCabe, Axios Technology Reporter, who's been covering Facebook's downward spiral of trust. Thanks for joining me today, David. It's a pleasure to be here. And I feel like I have to apologize because in a meeting this week, I referred to something as maybe the last Facebook news we'd have this week. And, and clearly was, you were wrong. It was not, yeah. <laughs> wrong <laughs> I, prediction. <laughs> I should have known better. So let's start with some of the nuts and bolts here. The D.C. Attorney General's lawsuit made headlines this week, of course, but it's not the only one looking at data's privacy issues. That's absolutely Right. Facebook is talking to other attorneys general offices around the country immediately after the Cambridge Analytica scandal broke. We saw these investigations get started. We know that that's when the D.C. AG's investigation started as well. And you have to imagine that other attorneys general are also doing what the D.C. attorney general did, which is to look at subsequent privacy concerns that came up after Cambridge. I mean, it's really important to note that this lawsuit goes beyond Cambridge Analytica to those partnerships with device makers. And those are the kind of partnerships that we saw described in another big New York Times story this week, following up on some Wall Street Journal reporting from earlier this year. And then, of course, the Federal Trade Commission is also looking at Facebook. They have been since the Cambridge scandal broke. They took the not totally common step of publicly announcing that they were doing this investigation. And then we've heard almost nothing since. They've kept the lid on, which is fairly common. But they're under a lot of pressure because with each lawsuit, each new revelation, each time a lawmaker says, what are you doing? Where are the results of this investigation into whether or not Facebook violated a previous privacy settlement with the agency? It puts more pressure on the FTC to come out and say what they're up to, potentially more pressure to actually do something in this case. Right. So coming into 2019, they're going to be almost forced to make some drastic changes or, you know, apologies are no longer really cutting it anymore. Yeah. I mean, I think people at this point are asking for big shifts from Facebook in how they do business and who runs the business. We're not going to see, I think, a lot of change there. It would be a pretty big surprise, I think, for people if Mark Zuckerberg decided to make a change in his status there. Right. Or, or even got rid of Sheryl Sandberg, one of his top lieutenants. And he does exert legal control over the company, which is a huge factor here. But the demands on Facebook are just getting more and more and more with each one of these news cycles. And, you know, thinking about it, we're, we're taping this on a Thursday. And we've been through 
two, two, maybe three negative news cycles for Facebook since Sunday night. And I would be tempted to say it's like nothing I've ever seen before, except I have seen this before with Facebook. This just keeps happening. And it's really wearing on a company like this. Do you see it then as more of a PR disaster. I mean, it has such a target on its back now by news organizations who, in some cases, smell blood in the water. They kind of figure there are more shoes to drop here. And so they keep digging and digging and digging. Do you see that this is just kind of like a snowball effect that's happening and it's more of a PR issue than substantive? Or do you think that it's actually, you know, there's something here that investigators are going to find or enforcers are going to lay into for and that Facebook is going to have to answer for in 2019? I mean, it is obviously a reputational issue. I think you start there. This is a company that thrives on the strength of its brand and whether or not people trust it. So that is a problem. In many ways, it's one of those issues where the PR issues really are conceivably a substantive problem for a company like Facebook. On the other hand, as these news outlets keep digging, keep digging, they're finding stuff. You know, I mean, the, Facebook would dispute the scale and degree of some of what's come out, but it's not like there's been no meat on the bones for these stories. There have really been things there. Uh, whether or not those are legally actionable is another question. Clearly, the D.C. Attorney General thinks so. He thought that they were actionable enough not to settle with Facebook, at least not immediately, right? He came out and filed the suit. Obviously, they could settle in the future. I think whether or not the FTC, which is run by a Republican appointee, finds the same issues that some maybe more left-leaning AGs find is an open question. But again, the pressure is mounting with each of these revelations. And we're seeing that they're resonating with users. These stories are resonating with people who are saying, wait a minute, this really does creep me out. Mm-hmm. Well, and that goes back to the fundamental trust issue, the reputational problem that you brought up just a minute ago. And one of the reasons Facebook is so powerful is because of the critical mass of users that it was able to establish very early on and enabled it to really skyrocket in the amount of advertising revenue it brought in and the amount of power it had as an internet platform. And so it's still a great business proposition, though, for advertisers trying to reach its 2 billion users unless users start to question whether they trust Facebook with their data and start to leave. Do you think that users are actually going to start defecting in 2019? I think there's a couple factors at play here. First of all, there was a Pew poll earlier this year that suggested that young users were moving away from the platform, that some users generally were changing their privacy settings, kind of the Pew's phrase was reframing their relationship with the company. So that might be an indicator. I think more broadly, people will look to their next earnings cycle to find out, you know, is growth slowing or their actual financial problems? as a result of some of this. But then more broadly, we're seeing, I think, anecdotally, people take issue with some of the practices that they're seeing revealed. And it's hard to measure exactly what effect that has, but I don't think it's insignificant. Curious to see if you've heard about how any of these revelations are impacting employers, employees at the company. I mean, these are employees that have traditionally been very happy. Facebook has been one of the best places to work for a number of years running. And this has to take a toll on the mood there in Menlo Park. Yeah. I mean, I think Facebook has traditionally been a pretty great place to work. People are compensated well. They get free food and all kind of perks. It, for a long time, was cool to work at Facebook. I'm curious to see, in my reporting going into 2019, how the shift in the brand's reputation outside of the company affects people's morale, right? When you go to a party and people look at you weird when you say you work at Facebook, does that change how you think about your job? And, you know, anecdotally, I've heard stories of Facebook employees in the Bay Area kind of distancing themselves from some of the the bad stuff at the company. Not a huge surprise there, right? You obviously don't want to be the one in a circle of people talking about Facebook who's ardently defending something that everyone else thinks is bad. Right, there's a qualifier there. Yeah, I work for Facebook, but the cool stuff. Right, and I think how universal is that? Again, it's a pretty decent place to work in terms of the, the pay and the perks. So do people actually leave? I don't know. And then the other question is, where do they go? There's not a lot of tech companies at the scale of what Facebook does, where you can have the kind of impact you can have there for 
good and for evil. I think that's something we're absolutely watching. David McCabe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. My final two coming up next. Curiosity. It's what the best businesses out there have. It's what helps you discover the next big idea, unlock a game changer for your business, or just learn how to keep your customers happy and coming back for more. Turn your curiosity into action with SurveyMonkey. Get answers to your questions. Visit surveymonkey.com slash prorata today. Now it's time for my final two. On Thursday, the DOJ unsealed indictments against two Chinese hackers affiliated with the Ministry of State. The DOJ says the group behind the attack have hacked into more than 45 technology companies as well as government agencies. The DOJ has been on a recent tear of filing charges against Chinese officials. And on top of the trade war with China, tensions between the U.S. and China show no signs of dissipating. Finally, the 116th Congress arrives in Washington in January, marking a pretty significant shift in the political landscape. The incoming class of lawmakers are younger, more diverse and more left-leaning than ever. There's also a record number of women. That sets the stage for some predictable, as well as some unpredictable fights. Expect those oversight hearings to begin pretty quickly. And we're done. My thanks to producers Adam Gracia and Tim Shovers. As Dan would say, have a great National Regifting Day. This is our last podcast of the year. All of us here at Axios wish you a very happy holiday season. Dan will be back on the mic January 2nd with another Parada podcast. <laughs>